0: Father, we I'm just so grateful for this wonderful, wonderful family we have here, and these, uh, and we have such a a strong group of people. And just thank you for their love for you, and and then we thank you, Father, most of all for you. What a mighty, mighty, wonderful God we serve. So now, Lord God, as we go into your Word and into the message that you're bringing forth this over these next few weeks, actually, Lord. May our ears be open to hear. Most importantly, may our hearts be vulnerable to transformation and growth and the change that you bring to us, Holy Spirit. We give you this time. We will listen to you. We love you so much. And we thank you for what you're going to do here this morning as we continue in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you'd get out your Bibles or whatever you use for your Bibles, I use my iPad lately. It has everything. I can look up all sorts of stuff while I'm Anytime, and so it's just so much easy now to have it in one spot, so I use my iPad. Now, my husband, as you know, likes to make a proclamation at the beginning of uh, his sermons, and so I asked him, I don't have it memorized. So you see, it's blacked in here. This is where I'm going to read, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. "Are you ready? Put your Bibles over your hearts. This is God's written living word to me. God's what he thinks about me. It reveals, who God says I am it reveals who God says I am and tells me what God says I have, it says I have. because it's how God thinks how God I, choose I choose to believe and act on what I'll read and thus I am transformed into his likeness. And into Amen. And that has a lot to do with our new uh, little brief series called "Awakening to Your Identity." You know every body has an identity, so and, and, and listen, you all have to understand something i 'm going to ask you to respond to me, but I need you to like shout so I can hear because there 's just this little issue here so i 'm going to ask you tell me who this is it 's a man stovepipe hat, gaunt long face, and a beard. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even get as far as to say honest and president. You had an automatic identity, didn't you? What about a Catholic nun, mercy, charitable, compassion, Mother Teresa? What if you see a person with a medical coat on and a stethoscope, hang, a doctor, or perhaps a nurse or some other medical technician? What about a man with an orange and blue football uniform and helmet and, and number eighteen? <laughs> We all have qualities and characteristics that identify us, okay? Hopefully, they're more than a uniform and more than our outward appearance. But we all have characteristics and qualities that are our identities. It is how people identify us. And one of the most important things to know about our identity is that it's not about what your mom said about you. It's not about what your dad said about you or your boss or a cousin, or even your spouse, or anyone else. That's not what's important on how to get your identity. What's important on how you and I get our identity is what God says about us. It's what God says about us that determines and should determine your identity and my identity. And what you believe about your identity will either empower you or impede your life to become all that God has in mind for you to to be. So he has an identity for you, and what you believe about that will make all the difference in the world. He's got plans that would be fulfilling for your life. Um, His plans, Jeremiah 29 says, for you and for me are for good and not for evil. So today, next Sunday, and then on the River Wednesday, we are going to be following this theme of awakening to your identity. Now, a couple of weeks ago, this theme dropped in my heart, and right after that, or right about the same time, I might have my dates mixed up, but Pastor Marissa and Pastor Chad had a God encounter um, that goes along with this and confirmed this. And so I'd like Pastor Marissa to share that with us. And I don't have the mic. Oh, there she's right on the ball. She's got the mic. So I'd like her to share this God encounter that they had.
1: So a couple weeks ago, we were, had gone to bed and we were laying in bed. And I was right in between like being awake and falling asleep. You know, I was almost asleep, but I was still aware of kind of what was going on around me. And I saw myself... I had this picture in my head, but I was wearing like a a mask, like a superhero mask, you know, over your eyes. And then I saw and felt this hand reach down, and it pulled the mask off of my eyes, and immediately I felt this thing from my head to my toes lift off of my body. Chad was sleeping next to me. He sat up straight in bed, and I mumbled something to him because I didn't... I was in this really crazy place. I had like this peace and the sensation in my body that was crazy and i didn't want to leave that and so we didn't talk about it until the next morning and the next morning i asked him i said do you remember sitting up last night and he said yeah i said i was pretty sure there was somebody standing by our bed and so i told him what had happened and i was i was thinking through it you know superheroes when they wear a mask they're masking their true identity and what happened was that my mask was taken off so that my true identity could be revealed and this thing that lifted off of me was the spirit of fear and um what that's what was holding me back that was my mask and so i believe it was the hand of god and he he took my mask off and delivered me from spirit of fear and i have not been the same person since
0: amen did you tell what what uh, happened with uh, did i miss that About what happened with Chad after he sat up in bed and what he said about it?
1: He sat up, well, he said that he was pretty sure there was somebody just like standing and he was asleep. But so for him to sit, I mean, it was, there was something, and I think it was God standing in our room and he felt it
0: and was like, and you got delivered.
1: And I am delivered. And I am set free.
0: Amen. Thank you. Praise God. So, we're going to be talking about awakening to your identity, and 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 it, and, and God is moving right now, and, and he'll move throughout all of our lives for this, of course, but there's something going on right now. And on the River Wednesday, we're going to wrap this little short series up by laying hands on anybody who's willing, and we're expecting you to have a God encounter as well. Whether it happens like that or not, I I don't know. That's not the important piece. The important piece is over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get into the word about your identity and my identity, and then on the River Wednesday, I hope you'll be with us as we have an opportunity to let the Holy Spirit do even yet a further work. So for today, I have three points. We'll see if I get through all three of them, seeing as things were a little different this morning than I planned. But these three points, each one of them could be a whole Bible school series. So there's, I'm just touching at the ice, the tip of the iceberg this morning with, with these points about your identity. And I also want to just take a moment and say, you may notice, Pastor, everybody take a look right now at Pastor Jeff standing by the pole because I want one look. He's taking photographs. After that, ignore the man. <laughs> He's been wanting to get some, uh, some photography for our website and for the things that we do of our church and who we are currently, and of course, when he's preaching, he can't exactly do that, so this is a good opportunity for him to do that, so I just wanted to make mention of that's what he's doing. So let's get to our first point to awaken your identity. The first point is your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. Now, Pastor Jeff has been telling us this for the last three weeks. He's been holding up the Bible, and he's been telling us our Bibles are not a book about behavior modification. We're not looking at our Bibles to find out who, how we should act and what's proper and what's appropriate, and now I've got to make myself act like this. No, instead, our Bibles are full of who we already are in Christ. And when we're we're, we're learning to get a new perspective that as we read, especially in the New Testament, because that's where we find out who we are in Christ, as we read our Bibles, what we're pulling out of that and what we're seeing is, is this is who God made me to be. For instance, I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Acts says, I live and move and have my being in him. It says there in Galatians chapter 2, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Boy, I don't even live according to my own faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Scripture tells us that we're all He always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It tells us that we are more than overcomers through Him. The Scriptures tell us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Scripture tells us that God has not given me fear. So anytime you have fear, it's never from God. God has not given me fear. But love, power, and a sound mind, as a matter of fact, Corinthians says, I have the mind of Christ. Wow! That's our identity. And all of those things are found in Christ. Excuse me, I don't know why, it must be extra dry today. So we are, Christ is, our identity is in Christ. We're complete and whole in him. And what happens is fears, as, as Pastor Marissa brought up, and we've all dealt with fears. Fears that say, I can't, I don't, I'm not. I'm, one of our songs said, talked about shame, we feel the shame. Fears, discouragement, or problems choke out the realities of the word. Um, Jesus said that even the deceitfulness of riches, worries, and desires for other things can choke out the word. So I want to give you a little illustration that I got in regards to this. Okay, so, here we are. Does that look like you? (laughs) That's you and me, right there in the middle. Here we are, and what begins to happen, and I'm going to bring my paper over here so I don't miss things here. And we're living our lives, and different sorts of fears come in and begin to surround us. Discouragement. Maybe stress about finances or perhaps a relationship. And of course, if these things all happen in one week, well, you know how you are by the end of the week. Um, Maybe maybe you have this stress to live like the world or to get ahead. That's that worried about riches. Whoops, to get ahead. Let's say worries. Worries. Maybe time constraints are bothering you. And all of this stuff begins to surround you. And it comes in on you. And it's, what you, it's all you can think about. I mean, we could add, I mean, I'm sure you could all add a list that you have on your plate right now of things that begin to come in on you and pretty soon you're kind of like, oh man, (laughs) you can't see it, you're looking down, you can't see anything, you can't think straight, you feel overwhelmed, you feel burdened, you can't sleep at night, you can't sleep at night, so that's added more problems um, because you're not rested and when you're not rested you can't see clearly and on and on this list goes and that's exactly what the enemy would like to see happen to us, that's exactly the way We have to face life. But here's the thing when we're in Christ or in God, and if we're instead of looking at these things, but looking at God and Christ and Holy Spirit I could have abbreviated, but I didn't want to abbreviate that name. And we begin to realize wait a minute. We're a part of something. I can't go beyond big enough to show you how much bigger he is, and all that he's done for us is. I can do all things through Christ. I'm a conqueror through Christ. I'm an overcomer through Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Let me look at some more on here that I have. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When we start focusing on him, when we start turning our viewpoint out to him and his unlimited, with God, nothing Everybody say, nothing, nothing. is impossible. Not so we want to start looking out at who we are in Christ, not at the things that are overwhelming us in this world. Now, I give you this picture to see. Last, last uh, River Wednesday, we, we had a word, and it was, it was this. You're a part... Does anybody remember? Oh, y'all are good. You're a part of something greater than yourself. Now that is good news when it comes to your identity. Because you see, in yourself, you're just this little person. If apart from God... In yourself, apart from God, in yourself, you are just this little person that can be overwhelmed by all these things. But with God, you're a part of something far bigger than yourself. You're a part of the creator of the universe. You are a part of unlimited power and potential. You're a part of victory and overcome. You're a part of the one who was, who was raised from the dead. Now, the picture here points at God being out here to give you the illustration, but I want you to understand something. You're in him, he's in you, and all of this resides right here in your heart. Because Christ lives in you. This, as you look at who God is, you're looking at who you are in him. Is that making sense? It's hard to grasp sometimes. It's hard to grasp that the great God of the universe would put himself inside of us via the Holy Spirit and impart unto us all that pertains to life and godliness. But that's exactly what happened. You're not God, He's God. You're still a person. I'm still Nina, I'm not God, but God himself resides on the inside of me when I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. And he resides on the inside of you, and that's your identity, if you want it to be. You see, what you believe will make a difference on whether you can receive that identity and reality for your life or not. Does this make sense? But this is the first thing of awakening to your identity. The first major point is to get your identity in Christ, to know who you are in Christ. Did everybody get one of these at the door this morning with your bulletin? Does anybody need one? If you do, the ushers have some. Raise your hand if you don't have one of these. This is a list that was put out by Joyce Meyer of who we are in Christ, It's a very comprehensive list of New Testament scriptures talking about what Christ has done for us and therefore what you are and what you can be. You're redeemed. You're righteous. You're an overcomer. You're a partaker of his divine nature. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're a chosen generation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. You're the head and not the tail. You're the light of the world. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Wow, on and on this list goes. If you don't have one of these lists, take this with you. And here's what you do the next time one of these things start coming at you and you're going, Oh, woe is me. I'm never gonna make it. What an idiot I am. I am such a fool. How stupid, how stupid. Or whatever other thing that is crowding out the viewpoint of God. Pull this out. Start looking at who God is and looking at who God made you to be. And realize your identity is not found in these things. Your identity is found in the unlimited power and love and goodness and greatness of Jesus Christ, of God the Father, of our wonderful Holy Spirit. That's the first step to awakening to your identity. Okay, point number two this morning of awakening to your identity is you are a worshiper. And I didn't give you notes this morning. If you're taking notes, point number two is you are a worshiper. I want to leave this up on the board, so I'm just going to put this up here in the corner. Number one is your identity. Identity is in Christ, and number two is you are a worshiper. Now, right this moment, we're not going to read from this passage, I'm going to read you some of it in just a little bit, but in Romans chapter 1, and you can read, read it for yourself later, you'll find out that we become like the thing or the one whom we worship, and that's for good or for bad. And the fact of the matter is, you and I are worshipers of something. You're not going to become a worshiper. You don't have to try to worship. You automatically are a worshiper. The key is, what are you or who are you and I worshiping? The scripture tells us the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, but the mindset on the flesh is death. Where. It is our mind most consistently, most habitually set, because what are, in other words, what are we worshiping? Some people worship leaders, some people worship musicians or actors, some people worship their spouse or their children. (laughs) Some <laughs> I don't like that, do you? But it's still true. Some people worship music or sports or entertainment. Some people worship their job or a position they want to attain to. Or maybe even just daily accomplishments, like how important is it for you to get your to-do list done? Is that the most important thing in your day? Or is God the most important thing in your day? Are we worshiping money? Are we worshiping fame? Are we worshiping power? What are we worshiping? So, because we are worshipers. Now, in the mirror translation of the Bible, I want you to listen very closely. I'm going to read to you, and it's not going to be displayed, uh, Romans chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 20 from the mirror Bible. God is on display in creation. The very fabric of the visible cosmos appeals to our reason. It clearly bears witness... To the ever present sustaining power and intelligence of the invisible God. So, as we look at it in creation, we can see automatically the power of God. And that leaves man without any valid excuse to ignore him. Yet, man only knew him in a philosophical, religious way from a distance and failed to give him credit as God, so failed to worship him as God. They're, they're taking him for granted. And their lack of gratitude veiled God from them. See, you become like what you worship. They became absorbed in useless debates and discussions, which further darkened their understanding about themselves. Their wise conclusions only proved folly. Their losing sight of God made them lose sight of who they really were. Let me say that again. Their losing sight of God made them lose sight of who they really were. In their calculation, the image and likeness of God began, became reduced to a corrupted and distorted pattern of themselves. And suddenly, man has more in common with the creepy crawlies than with his original blueprint. It seemed like God... Uh, I'm going to go to the next verse, verse 25. Instead of embracing their maker as their true identity... They preferred the deception of a warped identity, religiously giving this warped identity their affection and devotion. And by being confused about their maker, they became confused about themselves. Very interesting that that which we worship has everything to do with our identity. We are worshipers. And when we worship the one true God, that becomes our identity. It's very tied together together. When we're focused on this wonderful God Wow He's the creator He's the conqueror He's risen from the dead He's forgiven my sins He's redeemed me He's forgiven me How can you not worship? How can you not be thankful? He's helped me He's delivered me. He's kept me. He's provided for me. When you focus on this great God, how can you not help but be thankful? How can you take him for granted? Although we see that some people did. How can we take him for granted? We're worshipers. Let's worship him. Let's look at the greatness in the... You know what that's called? magnification. Have you heard that scripture that says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what that's doing. It's saying he is bigger than me. He is bigger than anything else that's important to me. He is the most high God. Would you stop right now? Let's magnify the Lord together. Lord, we love you. Tell him you love him. Tell him you thank him. Father, you are a great God. (laughs) Jesus, you died for me and rose again. Thank you for paying that price. Oh, we worship you, Lord God. We lift you up and we lift you high. There is no God like our God. There is no God like my God. You've never left me. You've never forsaken me. Thank you, Father. That you've been through everything with me and still loved me, still accepted me, still wanted me. What an amazing God you are. We magnify you, Lord. When we magnify him, we get a hold of this life-giving being, the Father God. You know, there's a cycle going on here, and now I am going to have to erase some of this with my magic eraser. There's a cycle going on here because our identity in him and worshiping him are very tied together. So let's put it this way. It's kind of a glorious cycle. So if I worship him, the more I worship him, then that means the more I focus on him. The more I focus on him, the more I see who I really am. See, we'll say, see the real me. And the more I see the real me, the more I'm transformed. More and more into his image. And the more I'm transformed, the more I love him and want to worship him. And the more I worship him, The more I'm focused on him. The more I'm focused on him, the more I see the real me. And the more I see the real me, the more I'm transformed. And the more I'm transformed, the more in love with him I am. And the more in love with him I am, the more I want to worship him. It's a wonderful, glorious cycle that creates our identity as we keep our eyes focused on the Lord and who he is and what he's done for us. I'm going to go ahead into point number three. And what you do on this cycle, by the way, I'm going to tell you, if you're not there, jump in. Just jump in. Jump in on part of the cycle probably the easiest part is just start worshiping him just start focusing on him and focusing on his work you know that song jump 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 in the river right Josiah wherever you are jump 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 that's why on Wednesday nights you know we're gonna we're calling that the river we're gonna jump 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 in the river well that's just it we're gonna jump into this flow jump into this cycle of worship focus seeing who he's made you to be thus being transformed more and more into his image not just knowing about it but seeing the transformation in your life and as you see that transformation in your life you can't help but love him all the more and if you can't help but love him all the more then all you're going to want to do is worship him jump into the cycle get started watch your life change and be transformed it's an exciting place to be the third point on who we uh, how to find our identity is to know that you are a vital part of the body of christ number three i guess i should erase some of this and this we are going to have scripture if you want to turn to 1st Corinthians chapter 12 you're a vital part of the body 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is what Paul tells us starting in verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Another version says, I don't want you to be ignorant. He wants you to know about who you are with the special abilities that the Spirit gives you. This is part of a vital part of your identity. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Verse 4. There are all kinds of service, different, but we serve the same Lord God works in different ways but it's the same God who does the work in all of us The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Verse 12, so it is with the body of Christ. Verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And if the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, then does it make it any less a part of the body? And if the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our body, have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there's many parts, but one body. And the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for one another. We can't look at another part of the body and say, I don't need you. But likewise, neither can you say as a part of the body, I don't need I'm not needed. If I can't look at you, Diane, and say, I don't need you, neither can I say, I'm not needed, because whatever part I am has to be needed as well. Every single one of you are a vital part of the body of Christ, no matter what part you are. And, and it's only natural that all the parts function together. Here's a body right here. My hand is not over there. My foot is not over there somewhere. I'm right here as one in the body. As you look around this room, we're one body called Genesis. And we function together while each person does their part. You know, I don't even think about my heart beating or my lungs breathing. It's just natural that they do their part. The only time I think about my heart is when it skips a beat, and I feel something different, and I go, oh, is something wrong? Otherwise, it just naturally functions and does its vital part. My kidneys do their vital part. I don't think much about my skin, but my skin is part of my body. Right? But then all of a sudden, it just happened in the middle of the night last night. I, I was sleeping, and the next thing I know, I was awake scratching my arm. And I went, what is that? And, and I had just apparently had just been bitten by a mosquito. It started to well up a little bit. My body just automatically took care of itself while I was sleeping. Now this happens. You ever have that? Do you ever just start scratching? Like you start scratching your head and you go, "Oh, what is that? And you don't even know why your hand got from here to there. You're just not even aware that it did it because your body automatically functions and does its part. And it does its part to take care of the rest of the body, doesn't it? Each part is there to take care of the rest of the body. It is the natural, normal thing to do. And every one of you in this room are a vital part of the body of Christ. You're called, anointed, import, appointed. You're important. God put a part of himself on the inside of you and on the inside of me to show forth his love in action. Aren't you so glad that God acted by sending Jesus Christ? And now he's put a part of himself on the inside of you and on the inside of me to be love in action, to take care of other people, to help to be a part of a functioning body of Christ. You are, as that one part that I erased said, you are a part of something bigger than yourself. You're a part of the body of Christ. And we're meant to function together. You've been given a place of value and importance. And even if you might say, well, I don't know what that place is. Even if you say, well, I have an idea what that place might be, but I don't know how to do that. Somebody needs to train me or teach me or I need to grow in this area. None of those things matter. The point is you're valuable and important. What I mean is there's, by saying it doesn't matter, it does matter, but you don't have to wait until you grow and until you're trained, until you have everything perfectly together to start functioning in your vital part. You can get on-the-job training. The first thing to do, by the way, as a vital part of the body of Christ, is simply to serve. If you don't know what to do, look for a need and fill it. Where's the need? y'all? Maybe many of you, I hope many of you received the email this week if you're on in CCB on our emailing list. If you're not, you should let us know. But uh, the Roberts baby is going to be born tomorrow morning. A C-section, so it's, it's a planned... Plan deal, and Gabe will be here by this time tomorrow, and uh, they're going to need some help with food and meals. And um, that's you don't know where to help? Start there. Start there. Can you provide a meal? Can you provide a restaurant card and help the Roberts out? It's as simple as that. It's the body meeting each other's needs. Um, We uh, can you greet at the door? Can you minister to the children? Can you? um, Oh. My husband's alarm just went off and told me to quit preaching. (laughs) And I am just about done. (laughs) So where can we start? Anywhere that you see a need. If you don't have something specific, if you're not sure where your gift is good, you start wherever you see the need. So as we start thinking about awakening to our identity... This is where to start. Our identity is in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. Our identity is a worshiper and a worshiper of God. And our identity is, a vital, is being a vital part of the body of Christ. There's other things we could say about our identity. Like I said, this whole sheet is full of them. This is just a starting place as um, we awaken in a fresh new way. You know, awakening to your identity is probably a lifelong process. Certainly when it comes to issues of godly self-esteem, that took me years to move from a place where I didn't like myself. I was embarrassed, ashamed on a frequent basis, that sort of a thing. And, and the mask... Uh, one part, one mask would get taken off. One part of the onion would be peeled away. And i think, "Woo! I'm there. And a few years later, another piece would come off. And i go, "Woo! I'm there. And then another piece a few years later would get taken off. And so some of these things do take time. But here's the deal. We have to work with wherever we are and, and allow the Lord to continue to awaken us to our identity. As I turn older in age, I have to consider... What's my identity today? Who am I today? What am I supposed to be doing today? I have the basics. I know who I am in Christ. I'm a worshiper. What's my vital part in the body today, Lord? So we're constantly working with awakening to the identity that God has for us through the seasons of our lives. I don't you go ahead and stand to your feet. Pastor Jeff, you want to come on up? Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word. And I thank you, Father, for making us in your image, for providing all that you provided for us in Christ. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts and our minds, and even our bodies would be freshly awakened today and over these next few weeks as to who you have made us to be. That you've empowered us, that you want us to live a fulfilled life, Lord. And we thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' Jesus name, amen.